Episode 7 of Tashi Station Radio, where we sell power converters, talk about X-Wing, and we are all out of power converters. Hi, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I am Alex Smittle. And we're going to continue our weekly series on going into a deep dive on each faction in the hyperspace format. Uh, today we are going to go over the Resistance faction. But first, uh, a little quick shout out and thanks to everyone who's been listening and subscribing to the podcast. Uh, it's a real... That's kind of what keeps us going here. We're really grateful for all y'all, especially uh, I was noticing on our stats page, we have one listener out there in the Ukraine. Uh, if that's you, give us a shout. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, let's just jump right into it. The Resistance, let's talk about it. Right now, uh, the Resistance is, I believe, tied for second in the most uh, cuts and system opens with the First Order, correct? Second most played in the four and twos are better to be more. Yeah. Okay, Um, and they're coming in at, I believe, uh, about a one-seventh where you'd expect them to in an even format. Uh, Of course, earlier, there's a whole lot of scum out there, so one out of seven is pretty good for the resistance, especially given, uh, well, we'll cover a little bit of the lack of variety they have. Uh, They're coming in at about 15%, to be specific. I'll say a little above a seventh. Yeah. First order and resistance are tied at fourteen point nine percent. There we go. Uh, well, coming into hyperspace, not all of the resistance ships have made it in. Uh, notably, their large base ships, the resistance bomber and the scavenged YT thirteen hundred, are not in hyperspace, which means no Ray pilot. Uh, which genuinely surprised me when it was announced that Ray wasn't uh, in hyperspace, but uh, it, it showed that they were really focused on curating the format, not just on uh, getting the the money-making stuff on the table. The name, the the upper cl- upper tier of movie characters, if you will. Yeah. Finn as well. Yeah, and yeah. while currently the uh, the First Order has no crew, the Resistance has no gunners currently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some individual pilots that didn't make it in. Uh, Lulu Lampar in the A-Wing, Elo Asti in the T-70, Finn Too in broken. the pod, and uh, the generic... Uh, resistance transport, those are not in the faction, as well as a number of their crew, uh, Han, C-3PO, Rose, and uh, GA-97, who you may remember as the It's the Resistance bot, as well, the generic BB Astromech and M9G8 are not in. So that's a lot of the faction-specific cards that didn't make it into hyperspace. Uh, Does that really have an effect, guys? Uh, I mean, the crew doesn't because they got rid of the good two carrier. other crew carriers, yeah. And we'll talk about why we don't really like the resistance transport right now. Um, I don't know, maybe if it had more crew options, it'd be a little better, but none of the crew that were removed are super high impact. Mm-hmm. Um, the Han crew was never seen for the resistance, yeah. Anyway. Like Rose, Rose cute crew was good, but only on resist on Ray, even 400s, yeah, 1300s, she's um, yeah, Ray specifically. Um, 3PO crew was a niche choice at best. Yeah, although I think it was pretty a good, underrated. A good card, but not often seen. Yeah, and then it's the resistance was gimmicky. It had some success, but I I think it was more of a uh, didn't know what people to do with who it. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was, uh, I did come up against at LVO in the salt mines against uh, Kalen Wong flying it. And it is interesting. Uh, it had, again, like you said, very niche uses, but I don't think hyperspace is any weaker for not having that particular card in there. Uh, yeah. The one I think is a major change is not having that generic BB Astromech. Uh, namely because, as we'll get into for the T-70, that was a great source of fuel for just Pava's ability. Pava, I'm sure the generic, the, the I-1 Blue Squadrons would love one-point BBs in free, hyperspace. Free but... range control. Yeah. Um, well, the one that sticks control. out to me is how busted do they think Elo Asti was have to be to remove him from hyperspace? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, with, with how much the power curve was brought down, the white town rolls probably had some use. I... It felt weird to me, but yeah, whatever. My theory is that this is so they didn't have to make a judgment on the interaction of Eloasti and Leia crew. Possible, yeah. Anyway, that's all extended stuff. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into extended. Let's get into hyperspace. Now. The juice. Indeed. So the first ship, uh, we'll just go with the newest one, uh, the Fireball. We've uh, got uh, one generic and three named pilots for it, starting off. Uh, the Colossus Station Mechanic at I-2 for 26 points. Sounds like a pretty good cheap blocker, and that really seems to be kind of the Fireball's niche. Thoughts? I'm, I'm so sad it's not I-1. But, uh, I don't know. I really like the Fireball. It hasn't done a ton yet. Uh, I mean, uh, Ryan Farmer from Fly Better did want to store champ with it, uh, with six of them in rows. I think it was what it was. Kaz, five generics in rows. Um I think the bread and butter for the class station mechanic is one or two in a list using using that slam to be extremely fast uh, to to block and come up the works. And, Go from out of range to block. Yeah, and be cheap, cheap and pretty cheap, tanky. Cheap, 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 cheap. Yeah, uh, I think the best comparison is like a torrent. They're one point more than a torrent, but they have a way better dial. They have the slam action. They have, I guess, they both have the evade action, but. But slam makes yeah. them a much better blocker than just barrel roll. Does. Exactly, and and the much improved dial. Um, I don't know. I really like Colossus Station mechanics, uh, but there's not a lot of data supporting me, so I could be wrong. I'd say they're probably the best fireball. I'd probably say Kaz is the best fireball, but there were a few that I think did a list uh, with fireball make the yes. Uh, I believe a list with Kaz made the cut in uh, Milton Keynes. Okay. I say there was. I believe there was exactly one fireball at all of Dallas, and it did not. Ah. Okay, well, coming up from there is uh, R1J5, good old Bucket, the uh, droid pilot for 29 points. He is at I1, and as a droid, has a calculate instead of a focus. His ability is one of those that it, it's good on the fireball, but is it worth the cost? You've got a potentially better blocker at I1, but for three points over the Colossus Station mechanic, what do we think? Don't go. Uh, yeah, so it's the same as when we talked about Scum, the uh, the sick droid that goes from I1 to I0, but you have to pay three points and you take Calculate, take calculate and focus. focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little better here because going from I2 to I1 is actually meaningful uh, versus I1 to I0, which is pretty much meaningless. Um, My thing about blockers is once you start investing points in the blockers, you start losing points to be investing in the things yeah. that are taking advantage of your blocking. Yeah. Yeah, if you're taking exactly one fireball and you have built the list exactly how you want it and you don't care about a bid and you have three points left over, make the class of station mechanic R1J5. But that is, that's yeah. a very specific set of circumstances and that is the only situation where I'd even consider it. I'm willing to bet there's almost always a better use for those three points. 
there is one list in particular that I've tinkered with. I've never actually put on the table, but it's four I1T70s and R1J5. And then you have a couple points left over. Uh, but specifically, the only reason I like R1J5 there is Colossus Station Mechanics actually aren't good for blocking with that list because they move last. It's true. Um, yeah, that, excuse me. That I do see. Yeah. That, that checks out. But that's where it's a falls under the part that isn't almost always. Yeah, and even in that circumstance, I think Rose is just better, and then you bump some of the ones up to threes, and it's a different list. But Anyway, I don't think you take him. One of the other options they have is this being the only fireball that doesn't have an astromech slot but can carry crew. Unfortunately, like we just mentioned, some of the best crew for the faction is no longer here. Uh, you can yeah. put, theoretically, if you wanted to spend the points for it, an informant on there, but then you're looking at upwards of 34 points for a blocker, and that informant's a bad card. Don't take informant is a terrible card. Never use it. Yep. All right. Well, going from I one to I five, Jarek Yeager at 33 points as uh, a cheap I five, but for that cost, is it any better or worse than a comparable A wing? No. I mean, nothing <laughs> is really at that yeah. cost. Uh, like... So, like. On paper, it seems pretty good. Like, that's only seven points to go from I2 to I5, which is a really good investment for most chassis. And, like, it has slam and barrel rolls, so you'd think the repositioning would be good for I5. Uh, the problem is, is that the fireball is not a ace platform at all. Like, it's two attack dice with no passive mods, no real way to get passive mods. Two agility um, with no passive mods yeah, and no real like, way to get passive mods. Yeah, the problem with Jarek at I5 is that he's actually just worse at what makes the fireball good, which Being is weird first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his ability is pretty much meaningless. Like, yeah, you can slam on red maneuvers, which is nice while stressed. Um, that's, it's, yeah, it's cute. He's fine. Like, you probably aren't murdering yourself yeah, by bringing but... him, but, like, there's always... This time I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say there's always a better use of those seven points. I would take R1J5 before I would take Jaeger. Bold call. Well, then you have the greatest pilot in the universe, or so he claims, uh, Kazuda Ziono. I am probably butchering the pronunciation of that. At 40 points, Kaz. Kaz has uh, not only the best fireball ability, one of the more interesting abilities in the game. That as long as the ship that you are attacking or defending from has a... I'm trying to remember. How is the athlete's word? If their initiative is greater than the amount of damage cards you have, you get an extra attack or defense die, which makes it... He's a 3-3 versus most ships until you start getting hit. I mean, I-1s are absurdly popular right now. Right. This current so, hyperspace well, meta. Well, they should be. They're not actually that popular, but they should be. Okay, so at 40, yeah, time. Yeah, at 40 points with a decent ability, uh, is he the one uh, fireball that's going to be worth some points investment and upgrades? At least a couple mm, of points investments. Yeah, I think Heroic or R5 or both is okay on him. I wouldn't put anything else on him. Um, I'm, the big thing with Kaz is he's essentially another T70 that trades a little bit of health for an agility some of the time and being way faster. Uh, which is a good value. Like he he brings something unique to the table for resistance. Uh, he's not breaking the game or anything. Um, like another thing, people like to compare him to Rick, and he is both better and worse than Rick. Like his, it's way easier to a you know whether his ability is active or not ahead of time, which is useful. 
but unlike Rick, you can't get a free evade, so that three agility isn't nearly as tanky. Um, I don't know. Kaz is he's good. He's he's not a carry. Uh, really, he's I think he is best to think of as a different type of T seventy. And if you want a more mobile jousting list, Kaz is your option over T seventy. All right. He's a he's kind of similar to Blount. Like he gets yeah. an extra attack die. Obviously, he's way better than Blount in every other way. But he's a non he's a weak platform. With an ability that lets him punch above his weight class. Yeah. Yeah, or a Wampa, or... Or, yeah. A Finn. Uh, a Hav! A Hav, yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, R5 being able to counter the uh, the ship ability that always starts it out with one damage card on it. Uh, that is useful, especially for Kaz, if you want to you know, ensure that he's got his ability active for longer. Uh, but we discussed this earlier offline, and I... I fully will admit to being initially wrong on my idea. I think these, I will agree with uh, you guys that the fireball is better because of its cheapness. We've discussed that about certain ships before. And I think while there are upgrades that can make them quote unquote better ships, you're going against their main, uh, their main asset. And that's just their low cost. Uh, hull upgrade is great when you're already starting out damaged, but that's five points that you could put, on another ship to make it more efficient. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people that are like, you know, I put R4 and yada, yada, yada on, on the fireball. I'm like, well, why are you putting R4 on it? Like it already has a great dial. It doesn't really stress itself. It's not necessarily like, well, I take advanced slam so that it can have an action after it slams. R4, but now you're looking at a five point investment on your 26 point ship. And that's to give your two so die shot of focus. after 20 percent increase. Yeah. In like, price. Yep. Take a red focus. Yeah, like that's that is that's not a worthwhile investment. I would go even farther than what you said, Matt, where you said they're best at being cheap. But I would say the entirety of their value lies in their price. Yep. Right, and like yeah, we mentioned last yeah. week, the cheaper the ship, the proportionally more effective those upgrades need to be on it. Yep, and which is why Kazuda is the only one I'd even consider upgrades on. Uh, you're already investing a lot more points just to take him. Uh, you're taking him for the 3-3 three, three stat line instead of the 2-2 two, two stat line, so anything to help keep that is worth it. Um, but everyone else, say, nothing. Load him up in aces high, because, oh, I mean... That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's actually a super fun to play, like, a 70-point Kaz in aces high. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's different, though. There's no point in playing a cheap ship in aces high, but... All right. Well, but uh, there is a fun place where you can fly your fat loaded fireball if you want to. Just don't yeah. do it in a system open because it's probably yeah. not going to go well. Proof is wrong, yeah. though. Like, yeah. we've been wrong a, before. Proof yeah, is wrong. On a, casual, on a casual game night, like, bring that 70 point Kazuda in your list because it does a lot of ridiculous stuff and it's hilarious. It's just not the right call for a, a competitive tournament list. But proof is wrong if you can. Because yeah. Indeed. We'll, well eat moving, our crew. Well, moving from the, uh, the cool. team ship to the previous cheap ship, the RZ-2A wing. Uh, right off the bat, this ship is one of the most efficient little guys in the game, definitely in the lead for ability to keep time on target with that rotating arc. And man, they are just all around good. Starting out with the 32-point uh, generic at Initiative 1, the Blue Squadron recruit. I say they, the, the A wing here, the RZ-2, that's, this is where the resistance is muddy, in my opinion. This is the one thing that Resistance does that no other faction can do. Yeah. Small-based, highly mobile, double-arched ships. 
Yeah, I, I think the T70 is also a standout because of the points change, but definitely, like, the RZ2 kind of defines resistance as a faction, like... It's for better or worse. Yeah, it's the closest thing, in my opinion, that, that really makes them different from other factions. Indeed, it's, it's the um, one thing they do better than everybody else. Yeah, they're, they're the one ship that doesn't care about initiative as much as a lot of other ships, but is yep. still AC, regardless. Yep, AC without um, caring about initiative. They fly uniquely compared to anything else. Yeah. And it's it's that back arc on a small base ship with boost, like with those... yeah, with link with action into boost, like yeah, the ability to barrel into boost for low initiative blocking, or to focus into boost to always have that mod, which they usually have a uh, advanced optics too, mm-hmm. so they they are phenomenal. Like I think this is where you should be starting in the resistance. Yep, and specifically the blue squadron recruit is pretty cheap at thirty two. Uh, it has a talent slot, which heroic is particularly good in hyperspace because there's no other options. Because yeah, all the other options are trash. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's it's one point to essentially say I can't get I can't lose because of variants. Yeah. Yes. Uh, without particularly bad variants, at least. Yeah, like you have to variants twice in a row. Yeah, or the particular bad of blank blank I every time instead of blank yeah. blank blank. Well, an interesting uh, comparison at 32 points is the Zeta Squadron Survivor, the generic uh, TIE SF, which also has the double arc and can have it permanently. Uh, you're giving up one agility for two health. Which we talked about with the TIE FO. The extra agility is worth a little bit more. Uh, and I think that is especially true with A-Wings because resistance A-Wings are extremely good at staying at range three and just trading garbage shots, where they, they're going to lean on their extra agility, they're going to lean on having more shots, and they're just going to whittle you down. Yep. And boost. You cannot undersell yeah. how impactful the boost action is, no matter yeah. what the initiative is on these yeah. guys. To, to turn that back arc is, is yeah. really big. That boost. rear arc with boost and still getting a mod is worth so much. Yep. Yeah, I think if uh, RZ2s were in any other faction, people would be crying about how undercosted they were. Straight up. 100%. Okay, well, moving from the Blue Squadron recruit to his big brother, the Green Squadron Expert, at 34 points, you go up to three initiative and a second talent slot. But yet, that's not necessarily worth the two points? Yeah, we've talked about it uh, a lot with First Order ships, where going up in uh, in initiative just isn't worth the points investment. Um, I-1 to I-3 is a nice jump for two points, but I-3 doesn't buy you a whole lot. Uh, there was the previous meta before ZZ came out where five of you A-Wings ran a Green Squadron Expert or two. Yeah. That was fine because there was nothing else to do with the points. Yeah. Now we're upgrading one of our trash-named A-Wings to ZZ, and that's, those points are gone, and the Green Squadrons are where you should sacrifice. So I think you'll hear us, especially with A-Wings, but in general when we're talking about resistance, we're going to talk a lot about spamming the, sh- the same ship. And uh, we'll go into an overview of why we think you should do that in Resistance. But uh, in context of A-Wings, we're almost always talking about the 5A list. Uh, they they kind of lean on having those five hard-to-kill ships that poke and poke and poke in the same list. As an attrition list. And that is, yeah. that's where they're the best. Yep. And uh, they do it quite well. Yep. But so with ZZ coming out, which we'll get to her in a little while, uh, you actually lose a lot of points, a lot of flexibility in the list. Uh, so now those Green Squadron experts, you just you got to cut points somewhere. And they're the first to go. As they should be. Indeed. Well, moving on to one of the new Hot Shots and Aces pilot, uh, Ronith Blario at 34 points with his ability to uh, use allied ships' focuses 
if the target is in that ship's mobile arc. Uh, this is this is odd because the only mobile arcs, of course, you have in hyperspace are his fellow A-Wings, which is where he shines next to them. But mm-hmm. this seems like a situationally useful ability at best. It's yeah. really useful in 5A. Yeah. Like, we, it is we, fun. Go ahead. Okay. We talked about him whenever he was spoiled. Uh, and I think at the time I said that I would only ever take him in 5A lists. And I still stand by that. Like, his ability can be really good. Like, having changing somebody else's focus into a calculate for yourself is pretty strong when you have a bunch of focus tokens, you know, left over when he shoots last at I2 um, or close to last. But, uh, but it's worth spending an I1's focus on him anyway. Yeah. Like, take the mods where you can get them. But if you're not running 5A wings, there are going to be a lot of times where his ability just can't trigger. And at that point, you might as well save two points and just bring a blue squadron. Indeed. And, but, like, he, it's, I'd say his ability is phenomenal in 5A. You're, all, you're often, more often than not, going to have an extra focus lying around. It's really easy to line up a bunch of A-wing shots on the same target. So, like... Yeah. I would bet it still probably only triggers once, maybe twice a game. But it's a free mod, and like you can always choose not to trigger it if the thing that you're going to take it from needs to focus more. Uh, the big it's thing just with pure him, flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Like so, the thing is, like if he didn't exist, you'd probably take a green squadron expert in his place. But this is just a pilot ability, and the difference between two and three is pretty irrelevant. So if it ever triggers, great. And if not, you didn't lose anything. Yeah, like he's solid. Um, definitely. Like I would never not bring him in five A. All right, well, going up to uh, one point to Zari Bangle at 35 points, uh, I3, who, if you don't complete your maneuver, if you get blocked, you don't skip your perform action step. I'd like to say the opposite about what I said with Ronith and say I would never bring her in 5A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Bartosh, who top aided at Worlds with 5A wings, ran Zari. Uh, and this was before Ronith and Zizi came out, but I have heard him say that he'd still take Zari. And he plays her in a very specific way that makes her useful. Um, because he he actually kind of jousts with his A-Wings on the opening engage. And then he loves to get them just, like, just past the people on the second engage. Which is already as good at, because you can just run into them and then boost past them. Um, but that is a very situational use. And overall, I think it's not worth it. Obviously, he's had success. Um, I don't know. Sorry, it's not for me. Yeah, I just say, like, her ability doesn't trigger if she is doing the blocking, only if she is the blocked. Um, A-Wings have a back arc in blue three banks and a blue five forward. Um, There's almost always a move that you can still shoot the target you want to shoot at and not get blocked, so just dial that instead. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I think just doesn't bring much value. It's an ability that I used to depend on, uh, not this one specifically, but this type of ability when I started playing. It's what I call an insurance ability. If mm-hmm. you make the wrong decision, if you get outmaneuvered by your opponent, you still get something out of it. In a way, it's kind of like a dead man switch or, or composure. Crush. I think composure is probably mm-hmm. uh, the closest comparison. Like Zari very much feels like a composure ability. Right. It's one of those that if if you did something wrong or if you are on the back foot, if you are not necessarily losing, but you still get to do something when your opponent outthinks you or outmaneuvers you. Mm-hmm. It's, again, situationally useful, but for the cost and where she's at in the initiative order, I'd actually say keep Zari in the box. Yeah. Yeah, my thing with Zari is if she was one point more than a blue squadron, 
then I could see taking Zari sometimes. But Zari's three more than a blue, uh, and it's still one more than somebody like Ronith. I just I can't find times where I'd have the free points that I wouldn't invest elsewhere. Indeed. Right. That's the big thing. Is it's not when we talk about these kind of things, it's not that Zari herself is expensive. It's just that the points to upgrade to Zari are almost always useful somewhere else. Yeah. And one thing we should talk about overarching, uh, when you look at A-Wing prices, we're almost exclusively talking about 5A, which means you're putting heroic and optics on them. Yes. So the price of every A-Wing actually needs to go up by 5, uh, which is where you suddenly run out of points pretty quickly. Indeed. Right, and what would push you over that 40-point uh, threshold is uh, the next two of them, uh, Greer Sonnel at 36. Greer has the ability that I have seen. There are a lot of people, especially uh, those who fly resistance in our local meta, who swear by Greer's ability that after you complete a maneuver, you get a free rotate. You don't have to link into it. So you can rotate, focus boost. Uh, rotate it's not even our meta. It's it's every major resistance player prefers Greer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I disagree. <laughs> Wholeheartedly, uh, I think, even. Yeah. Emphatically. Yep. Um, and it's only because there's a pilot that costs the exact same that's ability is just as blah, but is an initiative higher. Like, if Greer was the only A-Wing at 36 points, I think Greer would be perfectly fine. I just think there's a better option. Um, we talked about this last week um, with First Order, is that um, we'll always take higher initiative ship with a blank pilot ability over on an ace chassis like the A-Wing. We'll take a higher initiative ship with a blank pilot ability over a lower initiative ship with a quote-unquote better pilot ability. Yeah, but that's and exactly would, what's happening with Greer and Tally at the same cost. Yeah, and I would honestly debate that Tally's ability is just oh, as good as Greer's. Um, indeed, hundred percent. I would agree yeah. that as well. Well, but I even if think people, even if we didn't accept that premise, Tally is still better than Greer. Yeah. So the th the big thing people debate is that Greer leaves your dial open. You don't have to stress yourself nearly as often. And that opens up the one turns, and people love the one turns on A-Wings, which I get. Like, pulling a tight turn with your arc pointed backwards, and then the ability to boost can super shift your, your dial or your arc coverage. Uh, but a two-hard does almost the exact same thing. And ag again, a lot of what it comes down to is A-Wings are so maneuverable, you don't really need the one-hard. You can almost always accomplish the same thing with a different maneuver. Yep. The two-hards, the three banks, the five forward. There's almost always a maneuver that will do exactly what you want that is already yeah. blue. Now, I will say, if there was a one-point resistance A-wing upgrade that did Greer's ability, I would probably slap it on A-wings. Yeah, because if it was a configuration. Yeah, or something. if I could have yeah. it on all of them, that would be fantastic. But since it's limited to just one pilot, I every time I've tried to play Greer, I have not found that I've had a lot of situations where that specific A-Wing really needed the open dial and it wasn't another A-Wing or I just didn't need it at all. Yeah. Alright. Well, for the same points, uh, Talison Lintra who is an I-5 and what for that cost, an I-5 even if that ability, which is if uh, Tally has you bullseye, you can spend Tally's charge and the defender gets to roll an extra defense die uh, that ability, just like you said, if it's an I-5 with a mediocre ability, take it, because that is four points more than the generic Initiative 1 Blue Squadron pilot. Holy cow, that's efficient. Yeah, I'm fairly certain Tally is the cheapest, like, generic to Initiative 5 proportionate cost. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Which I don't think there's any competition. Cheap. Yeah. Like... 
It's bonkers how cheap she is. Like, so Tally is four points more over a blue for four initiative. Mm-hmm. If you look at something like the Fang Fighter, uh, Tarok is, 15, is 59. 56. Or, uh, 56, yeah. 56 to 40. He's a six or 41. So he's a 15 point jump. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at something like Luke, Luke S Force. So that's not Thane to a, um, whatever the partisan renegades are called. Yeah. Um, I mean, jump. even a similar chassis, the Rebel A Wing, the Phoenix to Jake is a three point initiative jump, and that's seven points. Like, and that's not even to I 5, where I 5 is a major threshold for you got to start investing points in this. Indeed. Um, like she's she's the money man. Like she's where you start with A wings every time. If the next pilot didn't exist, and she's where we started with A wings every time in the previous meta before ZZ existed. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people arguing that ZZ is not even worth it. Like they would build five A wing, and she'd be the last one they put in. And I just I don't get it. Like I don't get that either. ZZ is the amazing. well, it's Tally, not ZZ. Oh, Tally. Like bef- before ZZ came out. Gotcha. Uh, I think oh, the reason why is. They weren't actually thinking about the fact that she can double reposition at I five. They were just treating her like another A wing that had yeah, essentially a blank pilot ability, and that's true. But you can also play her a lot more aggressive than some A wings because you can have perfect information double repositioning. So rarely do people barrel roll with A wings, but mm-hmm. it's on there. But you it's can on barrel roll into boost. Like that's it's a big deal for an I five. Yeah. And onto her ability. You might trigger it once a game tops, but twice the tournament, like every other game, even. Mm -hmm. But that's a free three eighths of an evade or more if they have a focus token. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal, especially on a three agility. Like if you're running five A, and they're you're they're shooting in the A wing, which is a three agility ship. Giving a fourth agility to that ship with a focus heroic is a pretty solid damage mitigation. Yep. And it turns out lining up these bullseyes, if that's what you want to do, isn't that hard at I five with double repositions. Like, if you want to trigger that ability, you can. Indeed. And now, uh, appropriately, ZZ Tlo, uh, ZZ on top here at forty points, at an I five with one of the best pilot abilities in the game. Slap heroic and optics, and you get forty five points for an I five with effectively double focused and evade. Is this currently the best efficiency ship in the game? Yes, it's, it's up there. Like, I yeah. it depends on what if what style of efficiency we're talking. Are we talking mathematical efficiency? And uh, you can bring five X wings, but like, she's phenomenal, and she's if, very cheap. Yep. If you in a random scenario had fifty points and you needed a pocket ace. And you wanted to be the best pocket ace for those fifty points. ZZ would be my number one pick every single time. Indeed, like over the with, Grand Inquisitor, over yeah, Duchess. Over, yep, like over anyone. She's she's a she's nearly impossible to kill uh, because she does her regular A wing shenanigans, so she always has a focus. And then after she shoots, she takes an evade. So if you're worried about being shot at, you just don't spend your focus on offense, and now you're a defender for forty five points. Um, you can also do things like she works really well with Ronith because you can spend your focus, get a focus back, and then Ronith can spend it. Uh, there's tons of uses for her ability. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's a force point, like a better force point that she's paying four points over Tally for. So um, one point, one thing I want to say, going back to Tally and her pilot ability, is that so say someone shooting at an A wing who has focus, and they're taking a quote unquote normal shot. 
three dice and focus. Um, without tally into the A-Wing with focus and heroic, they have an 11% chance of doing two, a 0.1% or a chance of doing three, and a 31% chance of doing four. Um, when you add Tally's die there, or not doing four, doing one, sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> but so, yeah, the 31% chance of doing one is what the big thing is. Um, if you add Tally's die, it knocks their chance to do three down to 0.01%. Their chance to do two down to 5%, chance to do one down to 19%. Adding that die with Tally gives a 75% chance of an A-Wing taking nothing from a standard shot. And it knocks the average damage down from 0.5 to 0.3. Yeah, that's That's pretty impactful. Absolutely. And so when we're looking at these ships, again, they're very, very dodge tanky. It's hard to get a lot of damage through in a single shot against them. The downside is at that low cost, they come with the only two attack dice. So when you're looking at A-Wings, they are not going to be a hammer for your list. Uh, Games with A-Wings are going to go long. Mm -hmm. You have five very small hammers. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, five A-Wing might be the biggest actual problem of games going to time and not feeling resolved. And it's because they do damage so slowly. It's because they the, win fifty to sixteen. Yeah. Or, a, it's hard to it's hard to get points off of a wings. Mm-hmm. And when you do, it's between sixteen and thirty three points. Yeah. Like or in twenty three points. Yeah. Even the forty five point ZZ gives up twenty three half. That's not a lot of points. No. That's a vulture yeah. droid. Yeah. That's that's a vulture. That's a tie fighter. And I that promise is. it's a lot harder to do two damage to ZZ than it is to do three damage to a vulture droid. Indeed. No kidding. So, because they're so cheap, like we said with the Fireball, where its strength is that low cost, uh, there are actually some really good upgrades to throw onto the uh, RZ-2A wing. I would say, and I think we all agree, that Heroic and Optics are probably the best. Uh, anything beyond that, probably a mistake. Uh, there's yeah, a probably. Yeah, like, if you're flying something ridiculous and you're just having fun um, and you're, like, playing casual with your fat 70-point Kaz and you want to follow it up with something, um, cluster missiles are solid on ZZ. <laughs> because yeah. she can fire the first one with her target lock and then spend her charge to get a focus for the second shot. Again, or not competitive. The, yeah, in the scenario where you you give her a target lock with a coordinate, she can have focus for both shots, things like that. But uh, again, that's, that's going with your 70-point Kaz. Yeah, I think the only actual missile I'd consider in hyperspace is Magpulse on Tally and ZZ. Uh, it's probably not worth it, but it means you can just point the arc backwards. And Magpulses at I-5 are pretty good. You have a pretty high chance of shooting before anybody else. Uh, it gives you a three-die front and back arc. Well, three-die front arc, two-die back arc. Uh, it's probably not worth the points because of the target lock requirement, and A-Wings really like their focuses. Yeah. But it might be worth looking at. And it's hard to fit in a five A wing list. It's hard to, yeah. hard to fit. In yeah, with, dropping optics, and that's bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and another thing we mentioned uh, elsewhere was the potential for putting snapshot on them, so you can leave the arc to the back mm-hmm. and still have that range two forward shot. But at seven points, that is a lot of investment for a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And as far as non five A wing A wing context goes, I would consider ZZ in non five A wing lists. And I would maybe consider an I-1, and that's about it. Well, we'll go ahead then and move from the ultra-efficient darling of the uh, faction to the Resistance Transport, the school bus with less maneuverability. 
Okay. <laughs> they uh, they do not have the generic in here, uh, which is sad because they're super cheap and you can run five of them, and that's just a lot of... You can run six beef. of them. You, oh my god, you can. That's yeah. a lot of beef, and I can absolutely see why that is not in the format. Yeah. But you've got three named pilots who all have a weird little gimmick, and not all of them are good. Uh, starting out at 36 points, Noden Chavdry. Uh, I think Noden is the closest to good. Um, the problem is that you really need to invoid, in, invest like 10 points in crew to make Noden really work. So Noden lets you, uh, w when you are coordinated, or when you coordinate or are coordinated to, you can perform a red action, I believe is what it is. Yes. Um, even while stressed, I think. If you have two uh, so, stress tokens, yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so the in theory, you do your red coordinate, and then you still get a focus out of it. And that's pretty good for 36 points. Uh, the problem is you're double stressed afterwards. Uh, so then you go, okay, uh, I'll put Corsala on there, and then I can do blues and clear all of my stress at once. Right. Uh, and then uh, you also Daisy. have, uh, yeah, Larma Daisy, who lets you perform coordinates while you have two of your stress. So now you could get up to, like, three stress tokens before you actually have to do the blue and clear it. All of that's great, but when you put those two crew on there, she's now 46 points. That is more than up to, like, the i3 T70. Uh, it's almost the same price as named T70s. That's uh, very, very expensive for a two-die ship that isn't participating in combat at all. Exactly. You're looking at, with Noden, two attack, one agility, five health, uh, five hull behind three shields, it's roughly equivalent to a B-Wing for survivability, but without all the things that make B-Wings cool. It's the utility version of yeah. the original. And somewhat apt because uh, the resistance transport was based on the B-Wing chassis. Yeah. But and it, if you were able to put Noden in a true ace faction, like with a Kylo or like an extended version of Empire or something like that, I think Noden would be great. Or even There's just scum not, currently. Yeah, yeah, scum. There's just no great ace options. Um We'll get into Poe in a little while, but I think really it's the faction that makes Noden suffer. Um, so I want to say one thing: just about resistance transports in general, um, they're they have eight health, right? On yeah, agility, yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Um, so on average, it is more consistent, but on average, that is the same amount of survivability as three hole on three agility. Yeah, it on average takes the same number of hits to kill a resistance transport as it does a Tie Fighter. Yeah, like it's the old uh, 1.0 days of B-wing versus X-wing arguments, uh, and as well. slash tie interceptors. Yeah, like so the the eight health on one agility is the most consistent. Like it's you don't have to worry about your evade dice at all. Any evade you roll is great. It's bonus, but it will take eight hits guaranteed to kill you, versus a tie interceptor where you could dodge forever and never die, or you could die to the first three hits that are thrown at you. Well, so 36 points for 8 health is a really good value. It just doesn't provide anything offensively. All right. And then uh, for also 36 points at Initiative 3, we have Pamich Nero Good, uh, one of the most awkward names in the game, whose mm -hmm. ability is that while you have two or fewer stress tokens, you may execute red maneuvers even while stressed. Uh, you can self-castle and stop for three turns in a row or back up or... It's uh, if this were a ship that was designed to be a knife fighter, then Mazeltov, that's great. However, you've got to invest points to make it better. This is one of the few 
very few cases where I think Auto Blaster might not be terrible. But again, do you want to put points for that odd little gimmick into maybe having a four-die unmodded shot? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, So I was going to say, the only thing you could do is you could put the same Corsala and uh, Larma Desi on there, and now you can coordinate while you do red maneuvers for a few turns. But again, that's a huge point investment uh, for not a lot of value. I was going to say, you're, you're backing up and coordinating, backing up and coordinating, and eventually everything else that isn't backing up is going to be out of range. Yeah. I don't think there's good places for resistance transports in general, so I didn't even look up Pamish Nero Good's ability, and <laughs> man, is it worse than I expected to be when I saw bad ability. Yep. <laughs> like, y'all wrote bad ability, and I thought it's worse than I thought it was. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah and Pamish is the worst of the transports, and... I don't think I would take a transport in resistance right now. I would not. I, I don't think you could convince me to replace an A-Wing or a T-70 with a transport. Yeah. All right, well, someone has and actually made the cut in uh, the UK with Kova Nell, the I-4 at 38 points, whose ability actually makes use of the wonky dial. While you defend or perform a primary attack, if your revealed maneuver is red, roll one additional die. And this comes into play specifically with the rulings on a revealed dial. It is what is physically printed on the dial that you have flipped over, regardless of any effects that change its difficulty. And that means that Kova's ability will trigger a lot with that dial, uh, given that you can throw an R4 astromech on there. So your one hards, you treat them as white, but you still All have right, to All right, so let me, let me interrupt you real quick. Everybody says put R4 on Kova, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the biggest waste of points in the game. Because, okay, so it only triggers on one hards. That is the only maneuver that it lets you get Kova's ability and still have an action. And yet a one hard is one of the most useful maneuvers in the game. Kind of. But how often are you doing one hards every turn? Yeah, so the thing is, one hards are really useful unless you also have stops and reverse maneuvers. And then you're going to want to do those way more often. <laughs> All right. Well, and then go, going into where the, the rest of this is that Kova is kind of your designated carrier for Leia Organa. Can I interrupt you real quick? Absolutely. I have one more thing about R4. Uh, so the thing is, the reason people were taking it a lot is because Pattern Analyzer existed. Well, I mean, it still exists. It's just extended only. And now Pattern Analyzer R4 Kova makes sense. Because now you can do any red maneuver and then clear it much easier. Yes. Uh, the reason R4 is a waste on Kova now is because, like, you j- you just don't want to stress yourself that much. Like, you either want Leia, so you're never stressing, or you are doing an actual red maneuver and then not yeah. having an action being and then being a, a little cheap. better at clearing it. Yeah. Or you're yeah. doing one hards. There could be a situation where you just one hard, you know, in the perfect spot all the time. But in general, I don't think it's worth it. All right, and getting into that, you know, Leia at 17 points, giving you the force, giving you the ability to reduce the difficulty of maneuvers, as well as a purple coordinate. If you want to pile that on to Kova, you can actually have a pretty decent knife-fighting ship. However... It's 53 it's, points. Yeah, it, well, actually, if you're throwing uh, Leia and R4 on there, that's 57 points. You don't need Leia and R4. Right, but people are doing that, I'm just saying. Yeah, I think it's 55. It's 55, without, it's 55 without the R4. And you have... 17 plus 38 is 55. Dag, your math is bad. Oh, okay. My math is bad. All right. It's even worse now. Yeah, it's 55, yeah. God, that's expensive. Exactly. My opinion on Kova, I think she is one of the most overrated pilots in the game. Um, She had a lot of success 
the, the hyperspace is right after she came out, including the one we all went to the weekend after came out, where she won the whole thing. Um, I don't think Kova can do anything, especially in hyperspace. I don't think Kova can do anything in T70 can't. Yeah. Like, sure, she can back up, and she can carry Leia and cost 50 points more than a T70. Yeah. And she can back and, up a couple of times. Like, and in past metas, the coordinate was pretty useful, because you were... It wasn't a super high ship count efficiency in game, and now it is. Like coordinating to another to a generic T seventy isn't worth fifty five points. Coordinate is actually pretty bad in the current meta. Usually, you just want you all to, of your spam ships. It's because you have to pay for it, which exactly. is a good thing. But it is, and like when you're bringing seven ships, spending a ship's worth of points to coordinate an action to one seventh of the meaningful part of your list is not not that valuable. Yeah. So I think uh, what you mentioned is that uh, I'm agreeing with you guys here that I believe my view of Koba is probably a little skewed because you mentioned going to the hyperspace trial that was won by a Koba list uh, that beat me to make it into the cut, knocking me out of the cut. Uh, A Koba list was one of my only losses at Warfare Weekend. Uh, It's pretty much been this ship. And its its list have been my bane for getting knocked out of the cut since it has been released. So part of me wants to believe this is a really good ship because it has wrecked my dreams on multiple occasions. That's so fair. part of it, part of it is is Kova does bring something that T70s can't, and that's the ability to stop and back up, which actually makes her exceptionally good at knife fighting because she can just stay in the fight forever. But when you're talking about overall efficiency, she's way less efficient with Leia crew. And that's because with the decrease in the prices of T70s, uh, like before you could argue that like she had an extra health over T70s, so at least that was worth something. But now, like a whole upgrade heroic Red Squad vet is 50 points. And a heroic Leia Kova is 56. So you're paying six more points, and you're you're getting the stops and the one reverses, but T70s can boost and can actually move quickly. Uh, you are literally at the exact same stat line when Kova's doing reds, but when she's not doing reds, she's extremely worse. <laughs> uh, and you're I'm just, you're just not going to be able to do a red every turn. There are going to be times that you're going to have to a either lay us something else because you you know you need to do a K turn and get an action with your T seventy, or the slow red maneuvers aren't going to be right in the situation. Uh, and during those times, you can get punished really hard because then you're a fifty six point eight agility or eight health one agility ship. And all of this is again in the current hyperspace meta. She yeah. had value in the previous extended meta. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's not like there's any shame that you lost to her or anything, Matt. And also, like, obviously these were good pilots as well. <laughs> um, good people flying. But, like, she had value um, in the previous meta. Um, I just don't think she has much value since the last points change. Well, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I, it's, it's not anything against you. And A, if they beat you with Kova now, then they're phenomenal pilot, They're phenomenal players, and you should feel good about losing to them. Not good. Thank, thank you, you for jinxing me for everything that I'm coming up against. <laughs> thank you, Alex. I, yeah. lose to Doug, I lose to Doug all the time. I don't feel bad. All right. <laughs> well, uh, I think the one other thing about Kova is you'll find when building resistance that you're really short on points a lot. Yes. Like, if you put in those three or four pilots that you want, you're suddenly out of points for upgrades. So when you dedicate your 55-point Covenel with Leia, you cut back so many of your potential good options for other ships. That's a ZZ and a third of another A-Wing. Yeah, no or that's, that's, one, that's one and three-quarters generic A-Wings. That's basically. honestly just a ZZ, which is better in almost every... I mean, ZZ is 10 points cheaper than a Kova. Yeah, yeah that's ZZ and a 10-point bid. Yeah. All right. Like, 
That's why I think I just don't see how you could replace a T seventy or an A wing with one. Absolutely fair. In the correct meta. Right. Well, moving along to the other half of the pack, it comes in the Resistance Transport Pod. Uh, there are three of these. They are all named pilots. Uh, Finn, the big deal, is not in here because Finn, for his cost with Heroic, was one of the most efficient ships in the previous meta. Uh, almost too much, so they took him away. They sent him to Canto Bite or whatever. Uh, so coming in at 26 points at I-3, we have BB-8, who uh, also suffers from the same thing all droids do, having a focus in... Oh yeah, excuse me, a calculate instead of a focus... And his ability to do the pre-maneuver repositioning, meh? So it would be really good on pretty much anything but I3, but he's I3. Like, so it's a red booster barrel roll, which hurts because they have a garbage dial. But if you were I1 or 2, or you were I5 or 6, you would either be really good at arc dodging or really good at blocking. But because you're at I3, you are good at neither. At least you're not you're reliably good at neither. Okay, either. some of the times at both of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's 26 points, so you're not handicapping yourself by bringing him. It's just not worth it, especially when there's another 26-point resistance pod that's way better. Indeed, and that is Rose Tico, also at I3, who has a similar ability to Jess Pava, only it's that when you are attacking or defending, you can reroll a die for each friendly ship, each other friendly ship in the attack arc. Uh, yeah. putting Rose behind your wall of beef is really, really... Okay, I'm not going to say really, really good, but it makes her much better... It lets her punch above her weight class. Yeah. It, so I, I was a little... Points, it's really, really good. I yeah, will say I was a little, a little spectacle. Not spec... What is the word? Skeptical. I'm... Thank you, skeptical. I was a little skeptical of Rose because people were, like, making claims that she's better than Finn, and I was like, there's no way that's true. And then I put her on the table, and A, it is trivially easy to trigger her ability. It's so much easier than you think. Uh, and while it's triggering, she might be better than Finn. She's definitely cheaper. Uh, she is definitely cheaper. And uh, like the thing is, you're you're going to have full mods on offense every turn. Because you just move, you just do your one forward or your two hard, and you focus. And then you have two rerolls pretty easily with a focus. It's a fully modified shot, which is essentially like an A-wing. She's just going to get two hits all the time. Yep. Uh, and then on defense, you have two rerolls on defense, which makes her super tanky for a twenty-six health, a twenty-six point four health ship. Yeah. My biggest, like, uh, honestly, like, I think she's great. The biggest knock I've seen with people playing her is they forget her ability on defense. Um, don't do that. That's a huge chunk of her value. Is how insanely hard she is to kill for twenty-six points. So. Yep. And I mean, she can't close for crap because she's a pod, and she gets yeah. worse the less ships there are on the board, but. But she's 26 points. You don't need her to close. Yeah, that's no 26-point ship should be able to close the game of next one. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if I think the Fireball's biggest problem is that Rose costs the exact same amount of points. Indeed. If you want a blocker, go with a Fireball. If you want to do damage, go with Rose. That yeah. seems weird to say yeah. if you want to do damage, go with the pod. And if you have 52 points, bring one of each. Indeed. And not right, well, If you have 52 points, you bring a ZZ and a 7-point big. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm assuming she's already. I'm assuming she's already in the list, or that you're already full up on T70s. Yeah. Okay. And well, at 27 points, the I1 Vimarati, who has, uh, you guys were just saying that informant is garbage, but Vi's ability, uh, compromised intel, seems to be a little better. It's a little yeah, better, but it's still I, pretty it's bad. Technically better as written. Yeah. It's better because it has a bigger range band. That's it. And though. you're paying one point over Roser BB8 instead of five. But I still would not take Vimarati. 
I would not take. You I have taken. He has taken Vibrati. I took. I took Vi to the final table of a of hyperspace trial, and I never will again. Never will again. It's uh the thing is like the so Vi is informant, but range zero to three, and that a, ship can't spend focus tokens to modify on offense or defense against you. Yeah, uh, which on paper seems, on paper that seems good. Like it's a little bit harder to kill the ship that you want to see in style. Uh, that's neat, but at the end of the day, you're just a pod that does nothing except for sometimes has sense, and uh, you're paying Most more points to do it. And there is a lot of stuff that just doesn't care about Vi's ability. Like anything with a calculate doesn't care. Anything with force doesn't care. Any ship that doesn't have the condition on it doesn't care. Like it turns out that it, you pick in you pick the ship that is important to kill, and then the other ships just kill Vi instead. Yep. Every time. Yeah. All right. Well, then we'll go into the uh, workhorse of the faction, the T-70 X-Wing, in the running for one of the best just sheer efficiency chassis out there. Uh, For the same cost, you get a TIE SF and a gunner, but I believe the T-70 is possibly better. What do we think? It's it's way better. Easily better. Uh, You get an extra hole to start with. Uh, you get the boost action, which is really good. Uh, you get access to the astromech slot, which is really good. Uh, you are really cheap. Your I one, which is arguably better than I two. Um, the the blue squadron rookie at forty two points is just a really really good ship. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, seven health on three agi- on two agility is it's so is so tanky. tanky. Yeah. And, and at forty two points, it's very easy to bring multiples of them. And then that's a ton of health on the board that's really hard to grind down. And shoots back pretty well. Yeah, you're at I1, so you can boost or barrel roll into blocking position. You've got a three-die attack. You've got that seven health behind two agility. All for 42 points. That is the workhorse of the faction by far. Yeah. Uh, So this is kind of gut-feeling-y, which I don't like to do, but... Uh, in practice, it really feels like the difference between six and seven health on two agility is the difference between a list being able to one round you and not. Indeed. Uh, like if an entire two hundred point squad pours shots into a, a tie SF, you will not be surprised to see it die. It's pretty likely that a blue squadron rookie makes it out the other side, and that's that's a big deal. So I'm actually doing the. I got the calculator up here, and I'm doing some math. Yeah. Three attack dice with focus. Mm-hmm. Um, into a T-70 with one focus token. It takes, on average, and nope, only... In, okay, so, rolling the attacks into three die attacks with a focus into a T-70 with one focus. It is taking... Uh, it takes, on average, more than five shots. Five X-Wings, like the five X-List on average, does not kill a T-70 in yeah, one round. That's, that's huge. Yeah. It is 6.6... One damage on average to a T7. So it'll kill you a little over half the time. 18% but... of the time is seven damage dealt. Yeah. But then a uh, little bit eight. So. Yeah. But 5X, 5x is the most attack. I guess you can run six strikers is the most attack dice you can get in a single volley. Indeed. But And it takes um, six three-die attacks to, on, a, to <laughs> on average, kill a T70 in one round. Yeah. All right. We'll go into so really this. Tanky. So tanky. Indeed. Going from there up a spot to 44 points for the Red Squadron Expert at I3 with a talent. 
Uh, we've seen a lot of these uh, slap heroic and hull upgrade on them. Gets you to 50 points. Four of those makes a really tanky, really survivable jousting list. So the spamming four of them, I think, is a pretty good list. I don't think I would put hull upgrade on them otherwise. And honestly, I don't think I would bring them otherwise. Um, for the same reason that we don't bring I3 A-Wings or I3 TIE SFs or any of the other ones we talked about. Uh, the initiative jump just isn't worth that much because uh, you're not getting to that magic number four, uh, but you are investing points in it. Um, getting Heroic is nice. Uh, Heroic is a solid card. Heroic, but... um, looking at the same volley of five X-Wings into a T-70, adding Heroic saves you 0.6 damage on average. Yeah. And yeah. it cuts off it cuts off about 20% of your chance to die. Yeah. Uh, and my counterpoint to that is if you're doing the heroic Red Squadron Experts, you can't fit a fifth ship in there like you could Indeed. with four rookies. Indeed. Um, which, as we've talked about in the past, in general, our philosophy is if you have to cut a ship, it's probably not worth it. Um, but the four of them with heroic and hull upgrade makes an argument because that's eight health on two agility with the ability to reduce variance, particularly on defense. Uh, at a middling initiative, which means you can do pretty well against those low initiative swarms. Uh, I think the and four now, of them is a solid list. It now takes, if you're looking at the four of them with heroic hull, it takes seven three die attacks with focus to, on average, round, one round one. Yeah, that's a lot. And that's seven ships that are shooting after you've shot at I3, so you're stripping focus tokens, and you're, you have the potential to PS kill and ships as well. there's nothing that fires seven yeah, three, I guess range one shots from yeah, two swarms. Yeah. Anyway, they're tanky. They're pretty good. They're quite uh, I prefer the Blue Squadron rookie, but they're not bad. All right. I think I think if you're bringing one T70 in a list for some reason, bringing a heroic I3 is not a terrible call. Yeah. Well, if you wanted to pay three points more for one point of initiative, a Black Squadron Ace is an option. I do not. Yeah, I, we just talked about the magic number four, but that's a lot of points to do that. Um you're now looking at 48 to get Heroic on there. You're looking at 53 to do Heroic and Hull Upgrade. Uh, it's just a matter of you're losing a lot from the rest of your list. Uh, like I said earlier, you're at a premium for points in Resistance, and I just don't think it's worth finding the points for the Black Squadron Ace. Yeah, like, um, then they're not an Ace chassis like it is with something like a Fang or yeah. anything else. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they can only boost or they have to reduce their offense to Barrel Roll. And they don't have linked actions, yep. so. Right. I'd say They'll the only leverage. time, I, the only time it's a good call to bring the Black Squadron Ace. Not to say it's always a bad call, but the only time it's a truly good call is if you know the meta is like I three and lower, and all quote unquote worse ships. Like, yeah. if the meta is all I three tie swarms, I can see bringing four Black Squadron Aces. Yeah. If you know for a fact your buddy is bringing four Red Squadron Experts with heroic and hull upgrade. Bring four Black Squadron Aces with Heroic and do something with the other. Find something. Put a whole upgrade on, yeah. on two of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, let's go to our cheapest name pilot, Lieutenant Bastion, who has one of the best abilities in the faction. Oh, it's uh, great. It's phenomenal. Because passive mods are good and free target locks are great. Free target locks are the best passive mod. Yeah, a full, a full target lock is really, really strong. And it's, it's another one of those abilities that's very easy to trigger. Um, oh yeah, like stuff it's stuff takes really damage good. in second edition, so you're you're gonna get those free target locks. Um, my only real problem with Bastion is he paints a giant target over his head because everybody knows Bastion hits hard. Yes, and, he does. Uh, he does not have a talent, so you can't take heroic. Uh, 
Uh, so your defense is a little more variable, and you're going to get focused, so he's going to die fast. Yeah, the, the Bastion can be more defensive if you're saving his focus every turn Yeah, compared but... to a, a single-action T70 that's spending its focus on offense a lot. But then you're not leveraging the fact that Bastion gets free target locks every turn. Yeah, it's kind of a rock and a hard place. Like, yeah. you really want the fully modded shot to make him really worth his points, but then he kind of dies quickly. Um, so take it on a case-by-case so what... case basis. And and what ends up happening is he actually does really well at range three, where he gets that third agility to uh, or the third green die to kind of bolster his defense, and he's still throwing haymakers from that distance. Uh, and at range one, you can you can say, "Since I'm gonna die, there's yeah. four fully modified attack dice on my way out." Yeah. Um, I mean, I still I still think you take him over every, yeah. rookie if you have the points. Indeed. Uh, yeah. If you have those five points, do it every time. Yeah, it's just something to be aware of that people are aware of how hard he hits and they're going to go for him first. They they know. Yeah, right. they know. Well, you're talking about five points more. Would you rather play pay six points more than a blue squadron rookie for a fellow I one with an absolutely crappy ability? Tells what his ability does. J. Chris Tubbs. Hey, remember inspiring recruit? He's that guy. Oh, but I like only, inspiring recruits on boss. only on a blue. Right? Has to be a blue maneuver. I mean, so did Inspiring Recruits. Oh, did it? Okay, I don't Yeah, it just cleared all. Corsella is what Inspiring Recruits did. Oh, that's right, Except yeah. There was only two instead of all. But J. Chris does work with other ships at range 0 to 1. Uh, but he's it's six points. It's so it's so expensive. F it's that. a He is Joy Wreck-Off wreck off levels of bad. If, you, you if not worse. So many points. And then you have to move first and still be range 0 to 1 of the important Before, target to remove its stress, which means... Is that when, where the important target finishes their maneuver? No, it's after, yeah, you, fu- it's yeah. after you fully yeah. execute a blue maneuver, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 1, and if you do, that ship removes a stress token. So he's yeah. just... So the walk- obvious thought is Poe. So he just follows Poe around and moves to into Poe every turn. Yeah, but what that means is that you actually have to be, like, a full range band behind Poe so that you can one forward at him. Like... <laughs> yeah. And then Poe has to go slow enough that you can keep up with him on a blue move the next turn. Mm-hmm. And... So what it sounds like is you're spending 48 points to make Poe really slow. And predictable where his <laughs> blue maneuvers are. His blue maneuvers are, exactly. <laughs> he could have just been doing blues anyway. Classic <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Don't Don't take Jay Christophs. He's bad. All right. Never. Uh, uh, so, but he's expensive, at least. Today's, he's at least uh, he's expensive. Today's Tashi Station rubbish bin prize goes to Jay Christophs. Jay Christophs. Oh, we didn't do one for first order. Um, Kylo. Don't fly Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, jumping up to I3 at 51 points, Jess Pava, uh, full Jessica Pava in second edition, with her ability to get passive rerolls based on who's uh, how many allies she has close to her, but it's a once per round unless you're burning charges off your astromech, and with the BB-8, I'm sorry, the BB astromech out, uh, you don't have the, the easy cheap astromech to throw on her, and yet that ability is still really good. Oh, it's amazing. <sighs> I mean... The thing is, if, you, if you're if you flying her with three other T-70s, she has Bastion's ability, but you don't have to do damage first, and she can use it on defense if she needs to. Indeed. Uh, that, you're paying four points for that, and that is expensive. Uh, but the real problem with her is that you then have to fly in formation. Yep. Like you, you lose a lot of maneuverable flexibility, because you have to keep things near her in order to make her good. Indeed. You're spending a lot of points. She's probably the most expensive ship in your list if you're doing something like that. Yeah. So, like, you're you're trying to leverage her ability. You you're locked into leveraging her ability. Yeah, but not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you're going to be flying in a brick formation, four T seventies isn't a bad uh, 
group to do it with. Okay, let's, so let's sidebar for a minute. Matt, why are you flying... If you're running four red squadrons with heroic and hole upgrade, why are you flying in a brick? So I can throw all my dice at one target? But you could do that by flying separately and just collapsing on the same target. You overestimate my flying ability. <laughs> I, a lot of people don't do it, but that doesn't actually make it difficult. Like The thing about flying in a brick is, yes, it's easier to concentrate fire. It's also so much easier to get arc dodge now positioned. Yeah, arc dodging a one block is so easy compared to arc dodging yeah. four individual ships. Yep. Like, not to mention things like fangs that are super good at one range band and really bad at others. If you are approaching from four different vectors, it's impossible for them to get range one of everyone. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that on principle because that makes it sound like jousting is bad. Uh, if two lists still... joust, one is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're running four ships, it's probably you. That is fair. All right. Well, it's like it's not. We're not trying to knock on you. It's something no, everyone does. Yeah. But well, like, indeed. but like, I flew when I was flying Fen and Six Mining Guild ties. I split them into two groups of three for this specific reason, so that I can hit stuff from two different angles with my two little quote unquote single ships of Tie Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tie Fighters are essentially fractions of ships. Yeah, that's something we can deep dive in more later. Yeah, like, that's a good topic for an episode in the future. Yeah, right. but. But yeah, you're absolutely right that with Jess, you are limited to that close formation, which can reduce a lot of the utility there. Even still, amazing ability. It is a phenomenal yeah. pilot ability. Yeah, right? I was messing around and think and looking at it. Uh, if you're running those four reds, I would consider if you make two of them blues, which the I won, so you lose heroic. But you can then bump one up to Jess. Uh, that gives you a little bit more diversity. Like, you have the ability to block now. Uh, Jess is way tankier and way better on offense. Um, you have the same amount of health. Uh, it's so if if that's the sort of list that's like your bread and butter, and you want to look at it, and you fly in formation anyway, you should look at Jess. Yes, that's fair. Well, at the same price point, uh, we have two of the lackluster pilots, Joff Sea Striker and Kare Kun. Uh, Joff is the one that when you lose a shield, you get an evade token, and Kare Kun is the hey, look, you're uh, you can boost at a one hard for free. Yeah. It's it's Red Ace and Blue Ace, baby. <laughs> uh, so, Red Ace, who is Joff Sea Striker, uh, saw some play in first edition because you had infinite regen and comms relay. So, you essentially, and Evade added a result instead of changing one. Yes. So, you were just a better three defense die ship, so you were just a points fortress. Joff. Uh, and that's was screwed by 2.0. He is the biggest victim yeah. of second edition. The biggest. The, and thank God for that, because that was not a fun ship to play against. It, it was not. Oh, it was, it was just impossible to, to kill. It was miserable yeah. to play against. Yeah. It's still uh, not the best thing about what, uh, the best thing about Red Ace in 1.0 was the German alt art whose name was Asrot. That's true. That was the best thing. But true. Anyway, in 2.0 contexts, Joff's very expensive for not very much value. Because you've already been hit in order to get your evade, and then it goes away at the end of the turn. But there's so no way to only, keep that. Yeah, it's only good if you get if you take a damage from the first shot, and you're being shot multiple times. You know what's going to happen is if you're eating seven shots and the first one damages you and gives you evade, they're going to switch. Yep. It's almost like a uh, latent Ashera, but worse. But twice the price. Yeah. Just about. Like, yeah. At least yeah. latent doesn't like latent doesn't have to take damage before she gets her. Yeah. Precisely. Like, and so, also looking at uh, the same price, Kare Kun at I4, who gives you that white uh, one hard boost, it's like putting Daredevil on a Black Squadron Ace 
for four points instead of two. Uh, it does make it white instead of red. But you still you can't link it into anything. You, yeah, it, it, it's not uh, one hard boost is not going to get you out of danger any more than a one bank boost will. Yeah, in most cases, and it's often not worth it for an unmodified shot. Yeah, I'd agree. So the one thing I would kind of look at is we have talked about how I4 is pretty good in this meta, and Caracoon is I4. Uh, I don't believe it is worth the points investment, but maybe the time on target makes it worth something. Um, I mean, I, you're if you're moving after a ship, hard, white hard boosting to get a shot is better than no shot at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, points are tight in yeah. resistance. Yep, and I don't think it's worth... We talked about how the Red Squadron Expert, or the Black Squadron Ace isn't really worth 47 Paying four more points for situational boosting isn't isn't worth it. Indeed. I changed my mind. Don't bring Caracoon. Like maybe if someone dared you to. Indeed. Uh, and also staying in the I four bracket for fifty three points, Temin, formerly known as Snap Wexley, uh, still a great oh, ability. Snapples. He's got you know kind of permanent semi afterburners on him, uh, but with the composure fix that his utility suddenly has decreased a bit, yet three repositions, still really good. And I4 is at a strong spot right now, especially if you are, like we said earlier, expecting a whole lot of swarms or I3 and below ships. Mm -hmm. The ability to boost and then focus into barrel roll with the foils closed makes him pretty maneuverable. Not quite ace-like, but good. Yeah, um... Again, it's a points problem. He's two more points than Caracoon, which is four more points than a Black Squadron Ace, which is three more points or five more points than a Blue Squadron Rookie. So you're overall looking at a 12-point increase over the I-1, and you do get some value out of it, but is it worth the 12 points? Uh, or 11 points, I'm sorry. Uh, my gut says no. It's not. I would, I would also concur. Uh, if you've got... If you're at a spot where you have three good ships in your list and you've got mid-50s points left over, Snap is not a bad call, but I'd almost say, you know, cut some more points and see if you can fit two uh, fireballs in there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you can. He's 53. Two fireballs are 50. Oh, God, that is cheaper. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. All right. So, uh... He, there might be something with him. Like the the ability to free reposition is very strong, but uh, but I think he's too expensive. Yeah, with afterburners not being in hyperspace, that ability. I mean, we slapped afterburners on everything you could fit it on in the last meta, but it's uh it's a good ability for what matters, uh, what what amounts to free. So, yeah. uh, well, also in uh the list of ships that were hit pretty hard by the uh. The, the hyperspace changes. Nian Numb at uh, 55 points, I5. Missing his bread and butter pattern analyzer, though. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't seen him on the table since hyperspace came out. Uh, and that's because he lost pattern analyzer. So, like, you you don't get your sweet double action off a of red maneuver that everybody loved. Uh, but I looked it up, and he's been in 13 hyperspace tournaments uh, since hyperspace came out. And he has a 56% win rate, and that's pretty good. Um, I mean, it turns out ignoring stress is still a very strong ability. Like, it turns out ignoring ignoring like basic game mechanics is usually a decent strategy. Yeah, like just how mining guild ties ignoring asteroids is a big deal. Like, ignoring core mechanics of the game of X Wing is usually a strong strat. Yeah, all right. Uh, but 
as we have reiterated many times now, you're paying a lot of points in a faction that has a lot of points problems. Uh, you're now up to 13 more points than a Blue Squadron rookie. This one does have tangible, real value over it. Uh, it's four initiative higher. It has a very strong pilot ability. But I five is a good place to be. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're losing a lot of list to bring Naked Nine them. True. And speaking of points fortresses, the most expensive ship in the faction, Poe Dameron, at 68 points. The only I-6 they have with a very good pilot ability. Uh, add in black one, and he's 70 points with a built-in advanced slam. You can double mod or double reposition or reposition and focus. But is that worth 70 points? Was was push the limit good in 1.0? I don't remember. It was amazing in 1.0. I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember that card existing. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I never thought I'd ever say this, but I think Poe is too expensive. I think Poe is too expensive. Yeah. It hurts to say. It hurts. But... I hate Poe so much. As and you don't concept. want it any cheaper, but I super don't. So the big thing is that Poe is actually 70 points because R4 is stapled to him. Yeah, he's oh, actually no doubt, probably no closer to 72 points because of Black yeah. One as well. Yeah, um, but I've seen the argument that Black One's not worth it because he dies anyway. Indeed. Uh, but R4, you have to have R4. Like, unless you take BB-8, but then it's even more points and it's a completely different ship, and that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, in order to be able to reliably use his ability, you need R4. So he's 70 points base. Uh, since you're bringing him for 70 points, you really don't want to blank out and die at a key moment, so you're bringing Heroic. So he's 71 points. Hey, same cost as Fearless Fen. That's solid, right? But Fearless is adding tangible value to Naked Fen. Whereas uh, R4 and Heroic are kind of just bringing Poe up to where you think he should be. Um, Right. They're they're making up, they're reducing variance is different from adding results. Yeah. And Fearless is guaranteeing you that result, while Heroic is more of a last ditch save me. Moment. Well, and like we looked at it from five three attack die shots, heroic averages half a damage less. Yeah, point six Whereas damage less. Fearless on one attack averages one extra damage. <laughs> well, not quite, <laughs> not quite, because you can always paint it out or max That's it. That's true. Yeah, but but I've got the calculator up. Let's do some math. All right, we don't. On, yeah, I'm doing it. All right. I'm anyway, uh, so my opinion on Poe is that you really need a four guy die gun to make him sing. Uh, he's one of the few non-four ships in the game that can easily double modify shots on his own without anybody's help, uh, which is very strong. That's part of why he's so expensive. Uh, but so if you bring more dice, that's better. Uh, the problem is with hyperspace, the only way to do that is to bring proton torpedoes. And now, assuming you have heroic and R4, that is now an 84-point ship with three upgrades, and that is expensive. Man. Yeah. And without you know easy regen available... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of regen means you're giving up the R4. It's there are just so many. I mean, you're looking at what you're saying upwards of 80 points, 84 for heroic R4 and proton torpedoes. That's two. Yeah. So if you're, if you're dead set on flying Poe, um, the thing I would do is I would not bring a Ford torpedo because that's a ridiculous amount of points. Oh, I built this. I built a list here while we were talking because I was like, "How yeah. can, I, can I build a good Poe list?" And I think I built the closest thing I could think of. What do you got? I've got Poe with heroic, all four astromech, black one, and Magpulse warheads. Um, Magpulse can save his bacon. Like yeah. an I six, yeah. something's lining up on you with a big shot. You're like, bam, you're strained and depleted, or you're depleted and jammed. 
So now your shot is down to die and has no mods. Hopefully I can dodge out of that. And then I brought ZZ with Heroic Optics, Tally with Heroic Optics, and a Blue Squadron recruit with Heroic. And there's a two-point bid. I know there's arguments about whether or not hero- Optics should go in the low, low initiative A-Wings and the high initiative A-Wings. Mm-hmm. The point is, I brought ZZ, Tally, and a Blue. All three have Heroic. Two of them have Optics. One of the ones with Optics is definitely ZZ. <laughs> now, I will say, I ran something very similar to this in the Vassal Tournament that Tommy Adams runs. Uh, I dropped the Blue Squadron recruit to a Colossus mechanic station, whatever, it's, the Fireball, yeah, uh, to, make mag, points. to make Mag Pulse Proton Torpedoes. Uh, and I did have pretty good success with it. Um, it's a list that lives and dies on the opening engage, uh, because so there's so many points invested in Poe. He really has to, to utilize those points. Uh, and my worry with this is that it's the same, but you're now, instead of punching things, you're just hoping they don't punch as hard back. Indeed. Uh, which yeah, is- I'm not, I'm not leveraging the mag pulse on the opening engage or anything. Yeah. I'm, using, I'm target locking focusing most of the time anyway. Yeah. If there comes a time when Fenrao is like, hi, I'm range one, go oh, shit, <laughs> um, I'm going to mag pulse and help you only roll four dice with no mods at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think the big thing with Poe is that he is not bad. He is pretty good, but you have to work really, really hard to make him worth his points. If you are a god among Poe players. Yeah, and I work. I think in general, the amount of reward is not worth the risk it takes to fly him. Yeah. Like, sorry, Mark Myers. Sorry, Mark Myers. Sorry, other people. Like, yeah. I think the best thing to do in the resistance faction is to spam T-70s slash rows. Either four T-70s or four T-70s in rows, or to fly five A-Wings. I think those I are your, the only top-tier lists you can bring yeah. in resistance. I think the only thing that's kind of close is making one or two of those T-70s into the top A-Wings. That's get, fair as well. You, you bring, lose some damage output, but you yeah. get a little diversity in your list. ZZ Tally, two X-Wings. and Swap X-wings. rows for a fireball if you want to get that fast mm-hmm. walker. In there. Yeah. Yeah. I would never, but that's a me thing. I um, would, but that's a me thing. <laughs> All right, well, I... one, one other thing to uh, wrap up for the faction is the uh, unique faction talent, Heroic. Uh, we've been talking about the math a lot for it. Uh, Alex, you are our numbers guy. Is Heroic worth the one-point cost? Uh, mathematically, yeah. Um, psychologically, yes. Yeah. So the one thing um, I always I'd say to everyone here is that it is mathematically not worth one point and it's psychologically worth like six. It's it's a it's about a point worth. Like it's a hair under a point, like point eight yeah. points worth of value truly. But it's in hyperspace there are no good talents besides faction specific talents. So And bids aren't that important. Yeah, bids aren't bring bring heroic on every ship that can take it because why not raise your floor for one point? That's the big thing. Is it it appreciably raises the floor of your ships. And if it never triggers, you didn't roll all blanks. Yep. <laughs> That's a good and thing. If it does trigger, there's like a 50-50 chance your opponent will flip the table. Especially if you trigger all blanks into all paint. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's like a 60-40 chance you flip the table. Um also uh, yelling heroic annoys people, which is a good way to beat your opponent. <laughs> Like, I don't see a reason to not bring Heroic unless you jam-packed your list so hard with naked chassis that you can't fit Heroic at all. <laughs> Very <laughs> Which is fair. not possible. There's always going to be a point somewhere for Heroic. All right. Well, we've seen that uh, currently the Resistance is tied to the second most common uh, well-performing faction in the meta. Does it have answers to what's currently dominant, i.e. Boba? Uh, it's probably got the best answer for Boba in the T70 spam. Um, yeah. 
I think Boba its hates. problem is the rest of the field, actually. Agreed. Um, Boba hates three attack dice. Boba hates ships that he can't one round. And Boba hates having to dodge four to five arcs. Yeah. T-70s fit all those. Check all those boxes. Like, if you know your opponent, your buddy is like, plays Boba Fett all the time, and you're playing on the kitchen table, bring 4070s slash 4070s with Rose. You will win most of the time. Exactly. Just spam those attack dice. It's a get really a lot good in matchup there. into Boba. The problem is anytime somebody brings a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I would actually overall put Resistance uh, probably it, the lowest of the three factions. Yeah, I'd put it pretty squarely in mid-tier. Uh, maybe even mid-low tier, and it's I don't know. Every time I build a resistance list, it just feels like it's missing something. Yeah, if you're not spamming, find a different faction. I think. Fair, fair enough. But they're not bad, and you can have fun with them, and you can be competitive with them. Yeah, T the T70s are brutal, man. It's hard to beat four eight health ships with heroic firing three attack dice. Like that's it's a lot of health. Well, yep, indeed. All right, guys. Well, that's covered pretty much most things in the faction. Uh, do we have any shoutouts this week? Uh, shout out to Bob Howe, my father. All right. Shout All right. out to my dad and mom. My mom said she'd listen to the podcast, and I was like, please don't. <laughs> I, I say I say cuss words on this podcast, mom. Please don't listen. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'd like to give a shout out to one of our local mm -hmm. players who is uh, pretty dedicated to the resistance, uh, probably its biggest proponent in the local area. Uh, real guy flies it incredibly well. Uh, wanted to be on the podcast, but we weren't able to make that happen this week. So uh, shout out to Mike Winnick. Uh Fly those A-Wings, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he does love those A-Wings. Indeed. And, uh, a little week, too much, some might say. Indeed. See, it's uh, a little... It's odd, isn't it? Is it just me? Yeah. Or is the weird, like, shrine to A-Wings in his helm? <laughs> is it a little weird? <laughs> Uh, for Archie. those of you who have not met our friend Mike, uh, he recently got a big uh, A-wing tattooed on his arm, so he's you a wonderful guy. Mike, Mike's he's, a hell of a guy. He is a wonderful guy. <laughs> uh, in fact, we will be seeing him this weekend uh, in Topeka at Huskarl Hobbies, where they'll be having uh, one of the first store championships. So our if first. you are out here That's in the uh, Midwest and have nothing else to do this weekend as you're listening to it, uh, come on by Huskarl and uh, maybe get matched up against us. Doug and I checked it out. Run. I don't Someone? know what to run. Doug and I checked out Husk Carl a couple weeks ago for a tournament. It's a phenomenal store. Highly it recommend is, it's going. Great. Yeah, Highly recommend really going. Forward Hang to out it. with us. Um, I promise we're even weirder in person. Oh, uh, that's that's all but guaranteed. Yeah, like you don't, I think we you, come across as you, borderline normal on this. Borderline show. normal. Yeah, you don't actually want to meet us in person. Doug and I aren't human beings. <laughs> but... I can confirm. All right, so next week, uh, speaking of the lat, we will actually be doing a, uh, a double faction one. We're going to cover the prequel factions of the Separatist and the Republic uh, next week, so get ready for that. Stay tuned. Indeed. Yeah. Or don't. Like It's up to you, but please do. We enjoy you listening to us ranting. Um, Absolutely. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast, guys. Like, holy crap. Thanks and don't fly Jake Chris Tubbs. Never fly Jake Chris Tubbs. Yeah, if you take anything away from this week, it's don't fly Tubbs. No tubs, no wreck off. Sorry. For Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. See you next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and keep up with episodes as they're released. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, and on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing. 
If you'd like to help out with our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a buck or two. It's really appreciated. Thanks for listening.